Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Mm. All right, we're going to hit pause on that real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 13 of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Lucky number 13, boys. Um, this is our uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin in a random submission match at WrestleMania. <laughs> One of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. And Stone Cold does use, uh, he used the Million Dollar Dream and he had uh, the Cloverleaf, I believe. But, you know, a guy who's really not known for his submission. I guess this whole thing was going to beat Bret Hart to the point where Bret was going to submit, right? That was his whole thing. Anyway, uh, welcome to episode 13. We are here once again, Tyler. Uh, again, being essential in the New York City school system, the city Long Island school system, uh, we are here with the first ever PWP champion, the living legend, John McConaughey. <laughs> How are you, John? Good, good. Nice to be along once again. Appreciate it. Yeah, always glad to always have, glad to have you. Um, and again, we are also joined by John Smith. Uh, John Smith, if that is your real name, we really haven't gotten too deep into that. Is that your real name? Some say it isn't. <laughs> I, I've been binging Cheers lately, and I was really hoping that you were not going to sing that whole song. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on today's episode, uh, we got a lot to talk about. There were no pay-per-views. We got nothing. We are on the road to SummerSlam. Our next pay-per-view is in about three or four weeks. Uh, let's say four. Uh, on today's topics, we have uh, the two-woman power trip. Uh, is now official. Uh, we have new Impact Tag Team Champions. Karrion Cross delivers a very personal message to Keith Lee. The first matches for SummerSlam and TakeOver are booked. And in the main event, uh, the Inner Circle is back in full force. We're going to bring the boom, light the fuse in the main event with the Inner Circle. Uh, we're going to be making picks uh, for this, this week's upcoming shows, which is sponsored, of course... By ProWrestlingPick'em.com, play against your friends, play against the universe. And they are presented by MinutesToBellTime.com. Uh, we're going to be making picks throughout the entire show with their graphics again. And I, guys, I have to tell you, I rewatched last week's show. I owe Minutes to Bell Time a ton of push-ups. MinutesToBellTime.com. Time.com. I kept on forgetting the word time. I owe minutes to belltime.com, a ton of push-ups. I apologize. Uh, I believe Joey Jarzanka on the primetime rundown butchered it even worse, but we won't even we won't go there. <laughs> but, uh, we're going to curtain the jerk the show, though, uh, with the question that I recently just asked you. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. <laughs> and they're always glad you came. Irish Shannon's down on Church Street in Orlando, where the, apparently the Jameson and the Guinness flow like wine. Jeff Hardy and Sheamus had their bar fight. John Smith, you can lead the way. You were watching Cheers. You had to know I'm going somewhere. Very off key, by the way. I apologize. I was not known for my saying Hey, nothing against you. I just cannot stand that song. I, I, I know exactly how many fast forwards I need 
to get through that song without missing anything from the from the. Well, it looks like you're fast forwarding the first part of this episode too. That I guess right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll just call this part of the episode Cody Rhodes. <laughs> uh, what'd you think of the bar fight? Oh, I I thought it was good. I, I mean, for for a. No, a, pre- a pre-produced match. I think it, it was really good. The nice spots, you know, a uh, nice little senton off the top. He he had that the hat over his face, and then he. I thought he was going to come in as Willow, but when when the, when the hat came off of his face, but it was just normal painted Jeff Hardy face. But you know, I thought it was a really good match, and you know, I was surprised to see Jeff Hardy get the win, but I liked it. Uh, John DeConi. I got, you know, John Smith's not wasn't watching Impact at the time. I was that a Brother Nero thing with the contacts. Uh, it was somewhere between Brother Nero and Willow. You know that I think that's why the the face paint was specifically black and white and not you know sixteen colors because that, that was the whole Willow gimmick. That's my best guess. No, not. And uh, Sheamus actually gave Jeff Hardy a good old-fashioned swirly in that match. That was uh, You haven't seen that in a very long time, especially not in WWE. Um, John DeConi, are, are we done with this? Are we going to go forward with this? What are we doing here? Uh, well, uh, I don't know for sure, but I can tell you in my notes, this was one of the first weeks where instead of watching stuff, you know, kind of as background noise and then going back and looking at uh, somebody's, you know, recaps online and reminding myself, oh, yeah, that's what happened here, that's what happened there. I actually took notes as I was going along for each show this week. And nice. my notes in this one say, please, God, end this effing feud. So <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I can tell you what my vote is. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, I said last week, this ends when uh, Jeff Hardy gets the win, um, especially in a setting like this, in a cinematic match, I think uh, you can tie a nice little bow around this one. Um, Sh- Jeff Hardy wins the feud. Um, and to tie that bow, <sighs> you want to be where you can see the troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. <laughs> That is something the last time I sing this episode. I can't. I'm not a big singer. I don't plan on singing all too often on this show. But <laughs> that um, is an old job on me, and you had no idea that you were even doing it. I love yeah, it. I, I, I got something else for you later. Uh, Matt Riddle, uh, Tony Nice had a nice little match again. Tony Nice just can't buy a win in this company. John DeCon, you can lead on this one. Uh, keeps putting on good matches, but cannot buy a win. A little bit of back and forth ends with a bro, Derek. And the poor guy doesn't even get to roll out of the ring before he's forgotten, and Matt Riddle calls out Corbin. Yeah, Matt, was say, uh, Matt Riddle uh, with the bro Derek and the pinfall. <laughs> kudos to Matt Riddle, bro Derek. The kudos to Matt on that one. Um, yeah, and then Baron Corbin came out. I'm sorry, King Corbin, his highness, came out. Uh, put a ransom or a bounty or what do I have down? King's ransom. A King's, yeah, your King's Ransom, King's, I have King's Bounty on my notes. I'm Matt Riddle. For anybody who can prove that he doesn't belong here, Tony Nese tried to take the first crack at it, got bro kicked, or I think he got kicked in his head for his efforts. But uh, Matt Riddle, Baron Corbin, who said they're, uh, we got a couple of weeks uh, heading to uh, the summer's greatest event. What's summer's wildest ride? What, what's SummerSlam's usually tagline? 
I don't know. John Smith. Uh, the party of the summer. I don't know. There you um, go. There it's usually going Hollywood or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's going to be a good feud. Baron Corbin, you know, he's the ultimate heel. So, you know, you throw a new guy against him and you want him to get over, you know, it's an easy way to get him over. Throw him against Ke- against Corbin. Um, I don't think it's going to be any sort of gimmick match. I think it's just going to be, you know, Riddle getting beaten up leading up to SummerSlam and then Riddle gets the win maybe. Or we, we don't know, but. At this point, but. yeah, well, we got plenty of time to discuss that. Uh, you know, so if that match is going to end up happening at SummerSlam, we have plenty of time. But uh, yeah, I actually like this matchup a lot. Both taller guys, athletic guys. I think this is uh, this thing uh, has a lot of promise, in my opinion. I, I who knows? I know a lot of us aren't uh, very big King Corbin fans, John Bagani, Corbin fans. No, but uh, he can put on a, a good match, and I think Riddle is someone he will definitely uh, mesh with. I think they'll put on uh, quite a performance. Yeah, and as long as Riddle wins, then I can go home happy. <laughs> That's right. You really don't you don't like Riddle's UFC one? I anyway. I don't really like Riddle, but I hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bray Wyatt said on the Firefly Funhouse uh, that the fiend was unleashed. He was talking to his lantern, John Smith, saying that I, I'm assuming the lantern that was that was the eater of worlds, Bray Wyatt. That he's done. He did his job. Um. No one's still heard from Braun. I haven't received any text from him yet. John Smith, John the County. Have anyone heard from Braun Strowman in a while? Uh, not in here. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very, like, un... I don't want to say un-Firefly Funhouse-like of Bray Wyatt. He only cracked maybe a couple jokes here and there, but he, uh... Fiend's coming. I, th- I think I think Braun's might be in trouble here. That yes. would be my guess. Yeah. Oh, shot my pen. Uh... Kofi Kingston, we uh, we mentioned this last week, took the, the mother of all bumps through both of those tables, courtesy of Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. We find out uh, on SmackDown, Kofi's going to be taking some time off. And with Xavier Woods injured, John DeConi, uh from what I've been seeing on the internet, the people have been wanting a Big E solo run for quite some time now. Uh, Kofi said six weeks. I don't know how much uh, damage Big E can do in six weeks, but um, how are you thinking about all this? Where do you think Big E goes from here? I, I think Big E's a guy that when he was just Dolph Ziggler's bodyguard, uh, I kept reading how uh, how engaging he was, uh, you know, whenever people would meet him at signings and whatnot, and everyone kept saying, like, let this guy's personality come out. They put together the New Day, and his personality flourishes. Uh, but, but you know, we it's always in a tag match and this, that, and the other thing. I I am one who is all for him getting uh, some time as a singles wrestler. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, John Smith, your thought? Any thoughts of where he even goes? Like, who's his, uh, maybe his first feud? I uh, I don't have too much of a thought on that. I just I just hope that if they do push him singles and he does go go towards a title it's organic and it doesn't feel forced you know it almost feels like it's going to get pushed down our throats but from the way that that promo happened between the two of them like no you do it you do it you go and then you know what's he going to do in the next six weeks go after uh you know braun Strowman or the fiend or whatever yeah um, it's a six weeks is, is it's kind of a short window here he's got it you know he's got to hit hard hit quick hit fast um 
I have an idea. We'll get into my idea later with Big E, who I think he's going to go for. Uh, Naomi was on Miz TV this week. Now, I believe it was last week. Uh, Naomi took five in the face and got knocked out by Lacey Evans in a match. Um, the internet world broke out, and Miz and Morrison addressed it on Miz TV. They brought out Naomi. Um, Naomi deserves better, John DeConi? Well, I think we, the fans, everyone deserves better than that karaoke segment. So, you know, if that's what we, you know, that was the genesis of this whole angle, then we all deserve better than that. And, of course, Macy is a thousand times better as just a straightforward heel. Yeah. You know, the, the, the classy Southern Belle who's a little bit of a bee, if I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know what? Naomi puts on a good match, so let's get rid of all the garbage and just let her and Lacey fight. I'd be all for that. Yeah, well, actually, we'll just go right into it then because uh, on Friday night we are getting our rematch. Lacey Evans and Naomi are going to go at it one more time. Uh, John Smith. Who you got? Uh, it's got to be Naomi. Um, actually, no, it doesn't have to. It, this could be like the start of like a real, you know, hardcore feud where Lacey, Lacey does something real heelish, like really beats the crap out of her. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Lacey on that one. Actually, all right, John the Connie. Who you got? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think John uh, kind of. Talked himself right into what I was thinking. Like <laughs> Naomi maybe wins the feud, but maybe it goes all the way to SummerSlam, and it would certainly kick off with Lacey pulling some kind of heel shenanigans and getting the first victory. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's the internet outcry. There's, I, I think there's, there's something a little deeper to this than what the fans are leading on here. I just, I'm, I'm gonna go safe with Naomi on this one. Um, I can see them stretching this. I don't know if this match is gonna be at SummerSlam. It's you know. SummerSlam's not too big for just one night here. I'm thinking if they stretch it across two nights, then maybe. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm just going to go with Naomi with this one, and maybe Naomi somehow, I don't know, Bailey. They did that already. See, this is the problem with the SmackDown Women's Division is everyone's had their shot at Bailey already, and Bailey's beaten them all. Like, she's legit beaten them all. Other than, the only one she hasn't beaten is Mandy Rose and Sony Deville, and they've been off TV for a while now. So I, I have no idea. But speaking of those two, uh, Bailey, along with Sasha Banks, um, they had a, a little promo on SmackDown, and Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss came out. Uh, Nikki wanted another crack at Bailey. Bailey said, "Sure, you can have one, but only if you beat Alexa Bliss, you'll have a match." They had their match, John the Connie. They certainly did. Nikki and her crack ribs uh, put on, uh, you know, a, a yeoman's effort. Uh, she missed a crossbody off the top ropes. It seemed to hurt her quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, at one point we weren't sure if Nikki could continue with her crack ribs. But uh, she eventually gets the roll-up with the inside cradle, gets the victory, and then they hug it out backstage. They're still friends. Yes, and that's the most important thing. And uh, the referee was checking on Nikki. I don't know if Nikki was doing a little extra, I guess, gold-bricking is what Bobby Heenan used to say. He's gold-bricking. Um, and then, you know, you can kind of see it in Lexi's face because, you know, she's just a flower and a gem and a sweetheart. She didn't want to hurt her friend. And it just it all just added up in a Nikki Cross win here, John Smith. Yeah, I think um, this is the beginning of the 
of the breakup of these two. I think we're going to see the two of them fight at SummerSlam, Nikki and Alexa. Really? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's just Alexa's going to hold this again. And we know who Alexa really is. She, yeah, was, she was a four-time champion before any of these girls were sniffing it. And because she, she actually gets it. She belongs at the top. I don't. I hate the fact that she's not at the top anymore. That they yeah. just get four horsewomen, everything now. But um, yeah, I think that's the way they're going with it. I I I, I like the the way the match went. It was it was a nice story they told, and it ended, you know, with with the future in mind. I think. Yeah, and and it ended with we have a uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match, and I'm hitting the wrong button here. It's gonna take a while. SmackDown Women's Championship match. Um, they're doing it right away. They're not waiting to SummerSlam. They're doing it this Friday. Um, John DeConnie, are you going to double down on Nikki? I think I have to, right? <laughs> that's that's my girl. And uh, I'm all for getting the gold off of the two-woman power trip as soon as possible. So, going with Nikki. John Smith, who you got? I got Bailey. I, I think they're going to let them all let them run around with those belts until SummerSlam. Maybe maybe make them defend all the belts. Maybe make them fight each other and defend the belts first, the tag belts. There's a lot you can do with that. There's a lot you can do with that. Um, they lose the belts and then they're they really go at it in the main event. You know that'd be cool. Yeah. Um. There was a fatal four way. There was a fatal four way match where the winner got the challenge for the Intercontinental Championship. And if you look at the four competitors in there, my pick was Eddie. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure we're going to be in complete agreement on this. My pick was Shorty G. I'm like, AJ Styles versus Shorty G would be absolutely incredible. If not Shorty G, it has to be Drew Gulak, right? And I don't think anyone's going to complain if they do Gulak versus Styles again. But if you had to pick between the two members of the Lucha House Party, you got to go Lindsay Dorado because he's from Jersey. He lives in Camden. I'm not going to go against Jersey in this one. But this Friday night, the winner of that match, Grand Metalik, <laughs> of all people, gets to challenge AJ Styles for the Intercontinental Championship. That is uh, that 1-0 right there. Again, these stats brought to you by MinutesToBellTime.com. That 1-1 is all Grand Metalik needed to get this match, John Smith. Yeah, and it's going to be a hell of a match. That's one of the matches that you, you stay on the commercial and you watch the little box in the corner while they're on split screen. That's going to be yeah. other matches. I, I can't wait. Yeah, and I, mean, just, I think it gets Grain Matalik on this one with what I'm saying. It, it, obviously, the guy made it to the, the finals of the Cruiserweight Classic for a reason. The guy can go. He's always been able to go. They shined in the Elimination Chamber this last year. Um, but whole intercontinental, I just I never, I didn't, you got me on that one, John DeConnie. Yeah, I, I think what they've decided to do uh, with AJ Styles is unplug him from all storylines and all common sense and normal wrestling, uh, the, the way things usually go, and just say, let's take this guy. We've got the athlete of a generation here, and let's just find every guy on the roster that we think we, he can have a great match with. When you know, really, he can have a great match with anyone, and let's just find. Let's take five seconds of figuring out how we're going to put them together, and let's just go with it. Let's you know, let's let that be the showpiece every week, 
Uh, even if it's in the, you know, if it's at the uh, in the middle hour there, it's not going to necessarily main event every week. But let's just take AJ and, you know, use the you know, like a like a running back in the last year before his contract. Let's just give him 400 carries, and if he if he blows up, eh, who cares? Yeah, you're getting money for that. That he's on SmackDown now. Fox to get the ratings. I hear rumors and rumblings that you know ratings are down. Ratings, ratings are always down. Every 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 day you see an article on the internet. You know, ratings are down. <laughs> but uh, so that was SmackDown. We're gonna fast forward the Raw to last night. And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the two woman power trip. Um, that I believe uh, one of you guys just mentioned as well, is now official. Sasha Banks is now officially the Raw Women's Champion. Uh, she defeated Asuka by countout to win the championship. At, uh, well, <laughs> uh, Stephanie McMahon threw that stipulation out there. Something sounded fishy to me. I didn't know, like I said, if they were, what I said last week, if they, if they were going to pull the trigger on Sasha and Bailey starting the feud, that would have been it right there. Um, they didn't, so I think this is going to last a while, John DeConi. Yeah, and I, I guess that normally I would say a BS stipulation like that would drive me insane, but I guess I'm almost happy for it because it allowed Oscar to not have to take a clean loss because that would have really aggravated me. Uh, so I guess this was the best way to go about doing it. I can't believe that they actually did it. I'm not really happy with the fact that they did it, but if they, this is where they were going, I guess that was the best way to get there. Yeah, and John Smith, the match started. Uh, Kyrie uh, whispered into Asuka's ear, and it's like, you, you, got, you take Sasha. I'm going to get Bailey out of here for you real quick. Just do your thing. You know, Be the Empress of tomorrow. Chase Bailey all the way back up, and I guess – Bailey caught up to her, or they, they, they don't know. Kyrie was getting thrown against the loading dock door repeatedly. Oscar <laughs> didn't know what to do, and then oh, Kyrie screamed for Oscar's name. I almost jumped through the TV to try to help Kyrie as well. I almost beat Oscar to the punch on that one, John Smith. I, mean, I guess it was creative, but uh, I, I feel like they should have done something else. I, uh, I hate seeing Oscar value her friend more than the title because i don't think that's the type of like you know warrior she is on camera but um like i would have liked to have seen bailey come out and clock sasha with a chair just to get the dq the other way and get sasha the win that way that would have been but, funny yeah yeah i think it would have been cool but um yeah it's just sad to see Kyrie go i guess yeah, we'll, uh, we'll say our goodbyes to Kyrie uh, at the end of the show. Uh, she made it official on Twitter. Um, I can't talk about it now. We'll wait till I do the show. Because if I start crying, I'm not going to be able to recover. Um, <laughs> Randy Orton started the show um, with a promo saying something was missing, couldn't quite put his finger on it. And he woke up this morning and he's like, you know what? I want to be WWE champion. I do that every morning. I don't know about you guys. Every morning, I, I want to be WWE champion. But uh, Randy can actually go do it. So um, at the end of the McIntyre-Ziggler match, and we'll get to the match in a second, Randy Orton uh, dropped Drew McIntyre with an RKO out of nowhere, even though he kind of saw it coming because Drew unexpectedly put his one hand down. <laughs> Details, uh, I guess, whatever. 
but that match is uh, that match is headed to SummerSlam. Drew made that official before the match. Uh, getting to the match, actually. Uh, what do you think, John Smith? I know we discussed it a little bit in pre-production. Uh, what do you think about the stipulation? What do you think about the, the randomness that all of a sudden this was non-title when we were pretty certain that they booked, uh, Drew said that this was for the WWE Championship last week. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that Dolph Ziggler mentioned something earlier in the show this week about, well, yesterday about it. So, I don't know. It's It it just seems like a, like a, oh, screw it. We'll just, you know, play it off like like they don't even, like like, they're, like the audience is dumb. I mean, the but the Extreme Rules stipulation, that was a little uncreative on, in my opinion also. But the match itself, I thought was great. So, I mean, I'm, I have no problem with, with the type of match it was, but I don't like how they got there. Okay. Uh, Dolph Ziggler took a Claymore through a table, John McConaughey. That was, that was kind of tough. Yes, yes. Uh, bad camera angle on it. We didn't get to see quite the glory of him exploding through that table. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah it, it was, a, a, like John Smith said, it was a really good match. It's just a shame it kind of had the air taken out of it beforehand by kind of, insinuating and then letting us realize it wasn't for the title and being set up at the top of the show by Randy, you know, basically saying, I want the next shot at SummerSlam. Like they could, they just could have done it a different way. Randy could have hit the RKO and then condensed that seven minute promo down to 30 to 45 seconds as he stood over McIntyre with a microphone. Yeah. And it, it would have made the match come off better and maybe made the whole thing a little better. Yeah, I, you know, thinking about it, you know, I, I was talking to, you know, my new best friend Ryan over at MinutesToBellTime.com because uh, he was the one that brought it to my attention. I was not a title, and he actually picked Ziggler, and that got me thinking, Miguel down. yeah, this is a completely fair game for Ziggler to win, and then you throw Orton at the beginning saying, you know, waking up, I want to be champion. Like, you knew that RKO was coming. I thought maybe with extreme rules or whatever rule stipulation had that would happen during the match, Ziggler would have got the win, maybe a triple threat at SummerSlam. I, I, I thought they were going a lot of different ways there other than just McIntyre ending the feud right there and then starting up. I don't know. I, it's, yeah, I think we're all – we got three different ways here, and we're all wrong because it's just – now it's just Randy and Drew, and that's what we get to talk about for the next four weeks. So we'll just keep going right now. Uh, what's that? I, I, it's going to be a good feud. It's going to be great. Yeah. These are the two top guys on Raw right now. I don't. I don't know who else better to have this, uh, unless Bray and Braun do a uh, cinematic match. I don't see why this wouldn't be the main event of SummerSlam. Um, and speaking of SummerSlam, they had a triple threat tag team match with the Street Profits at ringside. So you had the entire Raw tag team division on television screen. <laughs> At the exact same time. Um, John DeConi, thinking about when that match started, who did you have and why? Uh, I think I would have gone with, I mean, okay, it, it turned out to be Andrade and Garza, and I guess that makes sense because you figure they're, they really want to do something with them, but they've almost been ready to break up since the minute they put them together. So I thought that going to... SummerSlam, maybe we would have uh, one last time with uh, the Prophets and uh, the Viking Raiders just because that seems like a SummerSlam-worthy match. Yeah. 
but I was not surprised at all to eventually see it uh, turn out to be Andrade and Garza. Yeah, um, this match was actually, if we remember correctly, this match was supposed to be at WrestleMania 36 until Andrade uh, hurt his ribs and was subbed in by Austin Theory. Um, I would, I had, I had Seti and Ricochet. Um, I want to see them. I thought that would be a great match for SummerSlam. Not that Andrade and Angel Garza wouldn't be. Well, I, I guess my my main, my main I, I would want to see Andrade and Angel Garza versus Ricochet and Cedric. That's I guess we'll get there at some point, right? There's only four teams in this division, John Smith. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I had Garza and, and Andrade winning, but that's mostly because I love Andrade. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Dominic Mysterio confronted Seth Rollins. Uh, this time, instead of jumping him from behind, he actually tried to get him face-to-face. -face. Rollins tried to talk it out. Uh, Dominic wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, started throwing haymakers. Uh, John Smith, I'm gonna leave with you on this one because we got some, we got some, uh, we got some eye jokes coming up for John DeConte. We'll save those for him. So, John Smith, your <laughs> anything you want to bring in here? I'm sick of this angle. I don't know. I just, I mean, Dominic better be really good. The way that they're building this whole thing. I mean, if he doesn't come in and blow the doors down, you know, I don't see the reason to keep this going like this, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, in, in a situation like this, the only thing you really saw out of Dom Mysterio was he's throwing punches. He was throwing some pretty solid punches. Um, knock me down. I won't just, you know, I wouldn't lie. Um, but he, uh, he was taking some hard sells, too. He was getting thrown into the barricade. Um, and then here comes Aleister Black for the save, John DeConnie. Yes, indeed. And, uh, we're gonna we're gonna circle right back to it because Rollins <laughs> made Murphy do his dirty work on this one. Yeah, well, we saw Rollins uh, backstage earlier, you know, trying to uh, hype up Murphy and see, you know, are you really along with me? I mean, because apparently, yeah. uh, to to continue to be a disciple, you're gonna have to do some dirty deeds if you you know mind my phraseology there. But uh, Alistair wound up. Uh, with his face in the steps again, and uh, thank goodness Dominic went absolutely ape with a pendo stick, or else we might have had another fishing bobber on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I just think it's fun. You know, our monthly Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy match might actually be at SummerSlam this year. Um, I kind of hope it's not eye for an eye. I hope we're not starting this back up again, but let's... Uh, I don't think anyone's going to complain if they just throw those two in like a no DQ match and just, you know, they, give them a little bit of space, give them some kind of gimmick in that. You Still know, do you, think, do you think maybe this turns out to be Dominic and Alistair versus Rollins and Murphy, though? Yeah, that's a possibility, too. We, we can discuss that later. Uh, we're going to go over what we think is going to happen to SummerSlam if there's time at the end. Um, if not, like I said, we got four weeks. We are on, we're officially on the road. There's nothing between us and SummerSlam. So, like, this, it's. That's all we're going to talk about. All Out's going to be starting to get some hype, too, uh, and we'll talk about that later on as well. All Out, I believe, is two weeks after SummerSlam. So that's going to be all those stuff's going to be uh, starting up as well. But then Murphy, uh, later on in the night, had a nice match with Humberto Carrillo, which begs the question, where was Carrillo when Aleister Black's eye was – where was he? You know, Humberto Carrillo was involved in this whole Rey Mysterio with the eye. He was – 
Yeah, didn't didn't Alistair Black save Carrillo a week or two ago? Yeah. <laughs> is he is he like the most selfish sob on Raw right now? Like what is real? Uh, yeah, at least. Yeah, Murphy gave him the Murphy's Law pin. So good for Murphy on that one. Umberto, you deserve that one, pal. <laughs> you deserve that L. That's a huge L. Um, the VIP Lounge uh, <laughs> featured Mustafa Ali. Uh, the reason why I'm laughing is because Raw Creative had – you could have had – what. Easily top maybe three or four R Truth moments of all time, and they blew it. All right, when Truth came out and he went to roll up Benjamin to get his belt pack, how awesome would it have been if he rolled up MVP and took that stupid imposter of a United States Championship <laughs> belt and took off with it? They had it right there, and they didn't do it, John DeGani. Yeah, yeah, I think they had. Uh, uh, not, not that I think creative. At any part in this, I think this is truly the genius of our truth. But I think they 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 blew their wad for that segment by uh, just by having our truth refer to Mustafa Ali as Mufasa. Backstage. Yeah, Mufasa. <laughs> Ooh, say it again. John Smith, and then uh, it ended up being uh, Mustafa Ali and Bobby Lashley, and uh, Mustafa Ali freshly came back. So he's been off for seven months. Uh, rumor went around. He was he was doing a lot of watching of videos and stuff. Uh, we don't know that for sure, but uh, even he's not impervious to the Phil Nelson. Yeah, or as our truth says, the Nelson from the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> How do you not love that? Guy? Yeah, that was that was a great match. Um, I mean, Mustafa got in just as much as he he should have before getting his neck torqued out. So I mean I got no nothing bad to say about this whole segment. I mean I, everything the hurt business does I love, and then you put our truth in, you make our, our truth part of it, and then with with Ali's you know skills and acrobatics, I mean you can't really go wrong with that whole segment there. Yeah, and then even Akira Tozawa and his ninjas got involved as well. He was trying to to roll up Sheldon. Sheldon Benjamin's got to have his head on a swivel here. Um, you know, a lot of the guys were future endeavored that go for that title, but he's still got two very persistent guys that are going to be on him uh, quite consistently. The ninjas really took some great bumps, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, does anybody know if that one ninja is still alive that was, you know, in the torture rack or whatever and bounced his head off the ring post? Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, yeah, the helicopter's been out there. La that looks devastating when Lashley does that. I don't know. <laughs> um... Mark Henry was seen backstage. We are the nation. <laughs> Farouk was backstage last week. Are we going to see the Godfather next week, John Smith? Uh, more importantly, is pimping easy? <laughs> no, it is not. And I okay. <laughs> I, I I'd, I'd more so like to see um, Kama, the Fighting Machine, Ooh. that version of him. Backstage, I, I mean, maybe they would do the Godfather just for for old times' sake. But I think if if it's going to be if, if if they're going to be bringing back the nation, I don't think that the Godfather gimmickiness needs to be a part of it. Uh, no, well, he's in the Hall of Fame of the Godfather. I mean, I don't I don't think he would have his escorts. Um, I believe he's still legit, right? They're not what they used to be called. They're escorts now. He went legit a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
John DeConi, like there's everything's flying around that they're gonna turn the hurt business into the nation. I just don't see it. But then you had Farouk last week, and now you have Mark Henry. Yeah, like, I, I think if we get a backstage segment of them, you know, pulling MVP aside for a chat, uh, then, then maybe they've got me. You know, uh, I'm taking the bait. Until then, you know, maybe just a coincidence. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, it just seems like what the nation of domination was and what the hurt business is now, they're not the same. Like, I don't understand. I, I guess I, I guess I understand why people are making the comparisons, but like, they're not out for the same goals. Here. I don't remember the nation of domination wearing suits and ties. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, MVP's not on this type of Black Panther mission that Farouk was on back in 1997. You know, like, this is not, I don't know. I guess to be continued, I guess. I don't know. But that's, you know, that's been worse SpongeBob. It's, yeah, yeah, the Nation of Domination is being reformed. <laughs> um, I think there's another uh, one of those examples of uh, here's what you couldn't do anymore today. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, good news, Nia Jax is back. I'm sure Tyler's really happy about this one. <laughs> um, she's going to be fighting somebody that actually um, can take some punishment. Uh, they they had an altercation, her and Shayna Baszler, at the beginning of the show. They brought them out one segment later for a quick five-minute double count-out. Um, 42nd. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I'm intrigued with these two, to be honest. I, I'm intrigued with with this matchup. I'm, I really am, John Smith. I, I know you, women yeah, wrestling. I mean, I, one of your real things. I'm uh, if I'm going to dub myself the senior correspondent of anything, I will be the women's divisions. Uh, so I'm intrigued by this, John Smith. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever been excited for anything involving Nia Jax until I saw Shane Baszler come out and confront her, because I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect for both of them. I think it's a, a great way to get. Shayna boosted right up into that title picture after she chokes her the F out. Uh, John DeConi, the first thing I thought of when I saw Nia Jax, um, her highness is going to be right behind her. Uh, Charlotte, was, if I remember correctly, and the rumors going around, Charlotte wasn't going to be taking that much time off um, to get done whatever she needed done. Um, I, I, I think this is, I think this is a nice little thing now. And I like how they haven't had, this is the second time now. Now the first time, uh, it was to set up, uh, because the three of them were the one, uh, the women's money in the bank match. It was those two and Oscar and they had a, a three way, which ended in nothing. So like it, they're, they're fighting each other and nothing's happening. And I like that right now because you know it's, it's keeping the interest going with these two. So I think the next time they're going to fight again, I don't know if Charlotte's going to get involved or somebody else, and we're still not going to have an outcome. Yeah, you might be right. All I can tell you is that, uh, just like just like John Smith said, I, you know, I kind of rolled my eyes when I saw Nia come out, and uh, especially when I saw her, you know, getting anywhere near a microphone. And then Shayna's music hit, and I went, Ooh, "Okay, <laughs> now I'm all I'm now I'm all in for this one." So yeah, well, I, think, wants, I think those. Two... Yeah, no, Shayna wants that belt. She's made it abundantly clear she's tired of sitting at catering. 
And Nia Jax mentioned, I want the next shot. And she was like, nah, you're not jumping this long. And I, I, I kind of thought that she was going to come out. I was kind of hoping she would. So. Um, so Nia Jax is not tired of sitting at catering, by the way. <laughs> NXT this past Wednesday. Um, Karrion Cross and Dominic Dijakovic fought in the main event. And Dijakovic kind of gave him a run for his money in the first part. But it was it was a lot of back and forth. Karrion Cross looked human for once, which is good. You know, he 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 he, uh, he ran over Ciampa. He ran over Reed. Now he actually had a decent match to see. You know, the human element of Karrion Cross for a while. Um, fun thing, actually, what I did actually, I was able to get some stills, uh, some still frame pictures for this match. Uh, I want to show you guys just to point out a couple things. Um, like I said, it was a very good match <laughs> uh, up until a certain point, and then Cross had the obvious advantage. Keith Lee made his way down the aisle. Um, you can see right here in this picture, Dominic Dijakovic is telling Keith Lee, like, listen, don't stop this fight. Whatever you do, <laughs> don't stop this fight. So the match continues, and then here you can see Karrion Cross nailed him. Karrion Cross was just throwing haymaker after haymaker on Dijakovic. You can, you can see the, the, the concerned look on Keith Lee's face here. Uh, he wants to stop the fight. He wants to stop it. Dijakovic told him not to. Um, by the time by the time Keith Lee was able to, uh, the match is over. You know, he tapped out. Cross, he, uh, he got him with a straight jacket, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, at the end. Um, as you can see, Scarlett was very happy with the way this match went. <laughs> She's there smiling. Um, Post match, you know, again, Keith Lee is just comforting his friend. He didn't want to get it. He didn't want it to get it this far. Uh, Karen Cross has had that. He just has that evil look to him, staring down the champion Keith Lee. He he know you know Karen Cross knows what he wants, and is ultimately going to be setting up for NXT Takeover Thirty. Um, this is a match that we have right here between Dom, uh, between Keith Lee, uh, the NXT champion, um, against Karrion Cross. Um, oh wow! You need to give yourself a nice pat on the back for that one. <laughs> well, you know what, John Smith, you need to put yourself a nice pat on the back because you called that whole thing. Go for I it. Call it. That. I was gonna, I was gonna mention it, but thank you for mentioning it for me, and then. You know, I've listened to a few podcasts that I listened to here and there, and they were like, "Yeah, that was just like Rocky Four. That was I was like, I called that ish. It is, yeah, but exactly. That was like Rocky, but you didn't say it was going to be Rocky Four before exactly. the match. Exactly. That's what you get here at the Central Wrestling Podcast. You get you get the insight over here. Senior <laughs> NXT correspondent of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. John Smash, no sure. No, we're, we're gonna roll right into your next wheelhouse, pal. Because uh Dexter Loomis and Killian Dane had a great match. Um again, a lot of back and forth. Killian Dane gave Loomis a run for his money. Um it ended with that that side sleeper hold that uh that Loomis done that can pretty much put down anybody. So uh keep rolling, John Smith. Yeah, I mean I I really like that match. It, it went exactly the way it should have went and the way I think all three of us thought that that's the way it was going. And, um, you know, I just, like I said last week, I just don't like seeing Killian Dane keeping on losing like this. Uh, maybe the Robert Stone brand is the answer. 
Uh, John DeCon, anything you want to follow up? I, I didn't see Robert Stone at all. I know Robert Stone had his own issues and his own uh, thing going on a little bit later on. We'll get to. Um, I didn't, he wasn't anywhere near Killian Dane on this one. But Stone got him the match, though. Stone did get him the match. Yeah, but he was yeah. he, he thinking he would be out there with his client or a potential client, you know? Yeah, true. Uh, John DeCondi, anything you want to add to this? Uh, um, you know, I, I do enjoy seeing uh, the utilization of the Katagatami. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it pretty much played out exactly as we saw it coming. And unfortunate for Killian Dane, but uh, Loomis keeps rolling, and uh, that's enjoyable. Uh, John McCartney, uh I'm going to let you have the first, because I know you remember uh, the great Canadian law enforcer, the Mountie. <laughs> and you also, I'm sure you're aware that... Uh, the Mountie Jacques Rougeau um, and his tag partner uh, Pierre, right? Jean Pierre Le was it Jean Pierre Lafitte? I don't remember. Jean yeah. Pierre Lafitte, yes. He yeah, they were the, the Quebecers, uh... and that that was the entrance music. It wasn't the Mountie's music; it was the Quebecers' music because it was the "We Always Get Our Men." Little side thing that I kind of noticed, but again, Brizongo home run. Uh, you, you just you gotta love these two, uh, and you know, of course, hilarious because it was. Ever rise that they were uh, about to take on, but yeah, uh, those two—they never fail to entertain, uh, both beforehand when they're goofing around and once they get in the ring and get to business. And that's what they want. That's what they said. He's like, "We'll entertain you before the bell, and then we're going to entertain you during it, doing the thing that we do." Um, Ever rise—they've been around for a little bit on NXT. I think they've had a couple matches on Two Hundred Five as well. I think Moral, I don't know if it was Moral or Phillips, dropped that. They've been a tag team for like 15, years. 15 to 20 years or something like that now. And I, I remember there was something, I was watching something with Kevin. It might have been the bump with Kevin Owens. And he mentioned that like him and Everize are really close. Uh, you know, they did the Canadian circuit together back in the day. But there's no, good to see Everize, I guess, a little bit John Smith. I guess we should get to know these guys. Yeah, I don't know much about him, but it was a really good match. And, you know, the, the – the whole Quebecers theme were not the Mounties. I love that. But, um, yeah, uh, I just want to see more out of Breezango more than anything. I liked Everize, but I want to see Breezango moving towards that those tag championships because otherwise it's like, hey, you're not old veterans or anything. What are you doing just hanging around in the tag division if you're not going to be going up towards those belts, you know? Yeah, the worst case scenario is they would have lost that match, but that was pretty much, I don't want to say uh, Saturday morning, you know, jobber match for Brizongo, but they uh, they they did they, they did what they had to do. Got the sub, the double supermodel kick, and uh, they got the win. Uh, they had a rematch at the Great American Bash between Timothy Thatcher and Oni Lorkin. Um, Thatcher had a uh, – Lorkin was actually the one, sorry, the one working on Thatcher's arm for a majority of the match, John Smith, and then he was able to turn it around on Lorcan. Yeah, another absolute clinic by these two. Um, I, I wish I had something negative to say. I, I'm only going positive right now, but, I mean, I really got nothing bad to say. I mean, uh, I love the way the match ended, even though Thatcher was getting his arm torn out of the socket. He was able to have the wherewithal to, to drop his shoulders onto the mat. So, I mean... I mean, what does this mean for Oni Lorkin? I don't know. I feel like he's just going to get left in the dust, you know, after he's done with Th Thatcher. I hope not, but, you know. Well, I, just, I really like how this went. 
I'm kind of thinking, I know Danny Birch has been on since the pandemic started. I don't think Danny Birch is stuck overseas unless he just went home recently. Um, but there's always a tag run that you do with Oni. Uh, plus, Oni's under two. Uh, he's only he's under two hundred five, so he goes on two hundred five every once in a while. Um, what was he gonna say? Yeah, John DeCani. Uh, not only the Thatcher uh, said that was two weeks now. He used two different submissions to get wins. Now he was in one and managed to get the win while getting you know. Yeah, he used the heel tactics, and therefore making Lorcan not look as bad because he did technically get cheated. There was some there was some tight pulling that helped with that roll-up. And uh, I, my biggest takeaway from that match, I think, was just the sound. Like, I wanted to put this on my big screen with surround sound. of These two slapping the ever-loving daylights out of each other, the chops, and just just the, just the sound of this match had me thoroughly entertained. I could have watched it with you know with with shades on. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we'll, we're gonna mention Timothy Thatcher again real soon. Uh, but first, uh, Shanti Blackheart. Um, she got the win over Aaliyah. Uh, Robert Stone uh, is in a walking boot right now. I think he hurt his ankle, but he can't bend his leg. I think this whole thing by Robert Stone is absolutely hysterical. Um, uh, <laughs> But uh, Shotzi got the win, ended up running over Robert Stone's other foot, his good foot. Uh, but then she gets jumped by Mercedes Martinez. Uh, and that is not a person you want on your bad side. Uh, after everyone went into the back, Mercedes Martinez went up to Robert Stone. Do my business, do my paperwork. Just get everything out of the way. I don't want to do any of this stuff. I just want to fight. Make it happen for me. You screw up, you're dead, pretty much. <laughs> so that leads us to this. Tomorrow night, Mercedes Martinez of the Robert Stone brand is going to go after uh, and have a match with Shotzi Blackheart. Again, these graphics and statistics are brought to you by MinutesToBellTime.com. I got a lot of rocket pictures here. Hold on. John Smith, NXT senior correspondent. Who do you got? Um, I'm gonna go with. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Martinez on this one. I think. Um, I think Robert Stone's gonna help her win somehow, or maybe Aaliyah does, and then this this will be a match at at Takeover Thirty. Oh, this these two. Okay, John yeah. Connie. Yeah, I, I almost want to go with Shotzi just to see the humor in what Martinez would do to Robert Stone if, you know, he somehow cost her the match. But I think after watching Martinez almost literally take Shotzi's head off and knocking her out of that little tank, uh, I can't I can't go with anyone but uh, Mercedes. Uh, I, I, think, I think Mercedes is going to run her over. Um, I think Robert Stone is going to sit there – with just a shock look on his face. Um, it's eventually going to happen, though. Stone's going to screw up, and, sh and she's going to pop him, and it's going to be funny, but I just don't think it's going to be this quick. But I, I think Mercedes Martinez is going to completely truck her. Um, at the beginning of the show, uh, before William Regal's announcement, I guess it was a part of Regal's big announcement, uh, Keith Lee, um, as I think both of you, uh, I believe John Smith uh, had a little more detail. I can't remember who uh, who said it. Uh, relinquished the, uh, the North American Championship. It's not going to be a tournament, uh, but there's going to be a series of triple threat matches, we believe. 
Um, there's going to be five of them. I think maybe it'll be four and then a last chance battle royal or something like that. Uh, but there's going to be five guys competing for the North American Championship, the vacated North American Championship, at TakeOver in a ladder match. And Bronson, Lee, uh, Bronson Reed, he punched his ticket first by beating two former North American champions and Johnny Gargano and Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era, John Smith. I got that one wrong. <laughs> Hashtag give Bronson a chance, huh? Wow. I I got that one wrong, too. I did not see that coming. Um, I really enjoyed the way the match ended, though, the way he did that big splash onto Johnny's arm. Mm-hmm. So, he, he, you know, that whole thing, that was that was a really good ending for the, for the, the three men that were involved. I just – I would have preferred to see Johnny in, in a five-way ladder match. That's what it all came down to. Well, that's what it is, yeah. And Gargano hit the was it the one final beat DDT um, on the strong, and then he went to cover him. And then you're right, John said he hit the frog splash on his arm. Roderick was already out from the DDT, easy pinfall. Um, yeah, I guess you, 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 how do you not have either Roderick Strong or, John, or Johnny Gargano? Well, ironically enough, I believe our numbers one and two on the all time takeover appearance list. Um. Not not in a takeover, but I have a funny feeling one of them will be. Uh, as I said, they always do that last chance, you know, type of gauntlet. They, they did it that uh, they got the Dakota Kai in that ladder match um, at the takeover that wasn't uh, that didn't happen. Anyway, John the Connie, uh, your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know you, we were saying uh, we all. You know, oh, I got it wrong. You got it wrong. I'd like to meet the person who got that right. Who you know who saw it? No offense. right. Yeah, I, you know, uh, no offense to Bronson Reed, but how, you know, how do you see Roddy Strong and uh, Gargano and not think it's one of them going to into a ladder match? And quite frankly, and I love the way the match played out. Where once again, no offense to Reed, but he took a, bit, a bump, rolled out, and was gone for a little while. And Gargano and Roddy tore it down for you know just almost five to seven consecutive minutes of like chain wrestling. Uh, high spot after high spot, just, I mean, I could watch those two in an Ironman match easily. Yeah, it, it was a really, I thought that match really did Bronson Reed right. Like, the three of them started the match, and Strong and Gargano looked at each other, like, all right, we got to take the big guy out first. And then they struggled with it at first. You know, Reed was doing all these powers. I, You know, it was like almost like, you know, the two midgets on King Kong Bundy, I guess, type deal. You know, like it was... They they made Bronson Lee Reed look really good in that match. Yeah, there he is. That guy. <laughs> so uh so Bronson Reed becomes the first person, the first of five, to qualify for the NXT North American Championship ladder match at TakeOver 30. The second person will be the winner of this Donnie Brook of a match tomorrow night on NXT with Finn Balor. Dexter Loomis and Timothy Thatcher. That's an incredible grouping right there, John Smith. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with any of these guys. Um, I mean, the at first thought you think, oh, it's going to be Balor, but you know, Dexter Loomis has been getting pushed to the moon. Like, how does he not end up with that belt over his shoulder around his waist at the end of this? That's, I mean. I didn't know who was in the matches, but, I mean, I thought from the start Dexter Loomis is going to be the one coming out of this, so I got to go with him in this match. 
All right, John DeConi, who do you got? Uh, well, once again, uh, uh, total agreement in the fact that I don't think there's a wrong answer creatively. Any of those guys I think would uh, be great in the ladder match. Uh, I'm going to go with Finn just because of the fact that we already know what's happening at the top of the card. It's going to be Lee and uh, Karrion Cross. Uh, what are you doing with Finn Balor on NXT if he's not going to be in that ladder match? So, uh, uh, again, I wouldn't be surprised to be wrong, especially not if it was Loomis, but I'm going to go with Finn just because what else are you doing with him? Yeah, I'm going to go with Finn as well because Finn, for a couple weeks now, said he's been gunning because he, he wants that North American title. So I think he'll be in the match. I think this is how he gets in. Um, but they, how do you keep how do you keep Loomis out? How do you keep Thatcher? Like, how do you... Who's in these other triple threat matches that hard? Like, I didn't really look at the roster because I, I was looking at other things. Uh, but I got to look at the NXT rosters. That leg all hit the ground last Wednesday when I saw that they booked this match. Um, I want to go with Finn. Like I said, how do you – I don't say how do you have a takeover about Finn. I mean, you obviously can. But um, his eyes have been on this prize for a long time now. So I, I feel like this is where um, he's got to at least be in it. Um, and then, actually, John the Connery, you said you, you could watch these guys wrestle all day. This was announced a couple hours ago. And kudos to Ryan from MinutesToBellTime.com. Got me this graphic. Uh, I texted him at around 4.50. And at 4.55, this graphic was in my inbox, ready to be uh, TV ready. Uh, so kudos to MinutesToBellTime.com and Ryan Great guy, great site, love the staff, love all of this. But these two love this match. Uh, John DeCona, you had the excitement for this one. Who do you got? Yeah, I mean, it's almost impossible. You know, I'm going to go with Gargano just because he's kind of my guy on NXT. You know, I'm a little late to the party with NXT. I wasn't watching uh, as much as I think you two fellas were from the start. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with Gargano just because he's my dude. John Smith, yourself, what do you got? Um, I think I'm gonna go with Gargano also. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I just, I see him winning this match. Well, Johnny's, Johnny's got the, the push and the gimmick working for him to move forward. You know what I'm saying? Like the undisputed era has just been falling apart at the seams. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly's nowhere to be found. He's, I think he's still making a movie. Um, if he is making a movie, I don't know if that's a rumor or not. Somebody said that, that was a rumor. I thought he was out making a movie. Uh. Cole's yelling at people on podcasts. Uh, we're not tr – trust me, we're not going to have Adam Cole on this show anytime soon. Uh, we're going to let him cool down a little bit. Um, Bobby Fish and, and Roddy, they, everyone, the Undisputed Era has just been lost lately. And they, they Roddy needs this win. Roddy needs a win. Like, he needed that win last week. He didn't get it. He need, they need something going forward right now. Uh, God knows what's going on with the Undisputed Era. It's I think that's the story. I think that's the story they're telling, though. Like, now the Undisputed Era – is going to start to fall off a bit, and then they got to get their, their mojo back. So I, that's, you know. Plus, I also think that that Adam Cole thing was a word. Well, there's been apologies and stuff, and I, I saw Triple H went on Pat McAfee and apologized for everything. You know, it was unprofessional and this and that. He got egged on, though. I, if, I don't if you watch the whole thing, it, like, McAfee never, ever I, – I listen to the Pat McAfee show a lot, and – I've never heard him treat a guest the way he treated Adam Cole from the start. Like he was wow. 
Okay. He was like he he was aggressive, but like no passive aggressive with him from the get go, and then Adam Cole finally had enough of it. I think it 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 was all work. Um, we have new Impact Tag Team Champions, boys. Motor City, <laughs> Motor John Connie, yes, our senior Impact correspondent, take the lead on this one. Yes, indeed. Yeah, uh, we had uh, Motor City Machine Guns defeating the North and ending their record reign as tag team champions. Uh, it all wrapped up, uh, you know, a, a stellar match from start to finish. The Machine Guns are just, they're just incredible. <laughs> I just, I can't get over every week. Every time I see them, I'm just impressed. Uh, it, it all ended with Ethan Page going for the kiss of death. Saban rolling him up, and you know, simple roll up uh, while Shelly Contrino you know, tackled Alexander to keep him from breaking up yeah. the pin. New champs. Beautiful. John Smith, uh, I think you said you watched Impact this week. All right, we're on two weeks in a row plus a pay-per-view. Yeah. A, are you sold on Impact yet? And B, what did you think of the machine guns? I'm not sold yet on Impact itself. I'm sold on a lot of the wrestlers. You're never that gonna be <laughs> What's that? You're never going to be sold on. Just keep watching. Yeah, um, I mean, like I was saying, I'm sold on a lot of wrestlers that they have. I mean, the motor, the Motor City Machine Guns. I'll make sure I say that very slowly. Yeah, that they pulled off two awesome matches in a row, and I had never even heard of them as a tag team beforehand. And you know, I'm totally on board with them. Um, I picked them to lose, so obviously they won. Um, just keep up with with my picks in this, and then go the opposite. Just it's it's that's the way it's going to be. But I, I am enjoying Impact from what I've seen so far. Yeah, so uh, Bound for Glory's, uh, I believe, end of October. So they've just got to get a couple months out of them, get them to Bound for Glory. And, you know, that's I'll, I'll be happy with that. Even if not, like the fact that we got these two weeks plus whatever coming up, uh, title defenses. Oh, to be a kid again, John the Hound. <laughs> to be a kid again in my 20s rooting for the machine guns. That's it. Uh, Moose. Uh, wants to be a fighting champion, so uh, he puts up the TNA championship and doesn't tell his opponent until about five minutes before the match starts. So Falabaugh had no clue he was fighting for the, the TNA championship and for Moose. Um, so that that's pretty good. Nice little heel tactic by Moose, but then he had a little surprise waiting for him post-match. And I believe somebody mentioned uh, that belt is very precious to somebody. Yes, indeed. We had uh, uh, we had Moose winning with the lights out, aka used to be the no no jackhammer needed spear, uh, and then <laughs> as he celebrated with his upgraded white leather TNA championship, a certain gentleman who had started the show with a vignette, yes. telling us all to control our narrative, took control of his EC3 jumped in the ring. And hit Moose with some kind of reverse dropping, reverse DDT. I'm not sure if there's a name for it yet, but uh, yeah. So um, we we know exactly where another presumably returning star is headed in his uh, first scrap. Yeah, you say, you say presumable. Uh, I guess uh, kayfabe. What's the one that's real life? Is that is that real life or kayfabe? I don't know. Uh, in real life, you know, they all took that group photo. Uh, telling, you know, the WWF or the WWE, wow, 
Um, that's like yeah. 50 push-ups, right? That's 50 push-ups, and I gotta do with a panda on my back. <laughs> um, telling everybody oh, in WWE that they're number one. Um, EC3 was a part of that, but Josh Matthews kept on saying he doesn't even work here. So did he lose? Did somebody? I think I saw something. Did he lose a match to get fired in Impact before he left? Honestly, don't recall. All right, I gotta look that up. Uh, John Smith, what do you think of EC3's new look? His new attitude? Um, this isn't the EC3 that we saw at NXT, and I, we hardly even saw him on Raw. So, yeah, this is co- a completely new EC3 to me. I, I, I'm only familiar with the NXT slash failed WWE run of yeah EC3, where he never really got to cut any promos, and you know, you know he wasn't the best in the ring, but he wasn't. You know, he's kind of generic. But from what you've always told me, he was always awesome in the ring or on the mic. So, yeah. you know, I'm happy to see that. Um, I, I don't know about his look. I don't, I don't know about the whole goatee thing. I think he's more of like a clean-shaven, like, pretty boy type. But we'll see how it works for him. I remember there was one Raw way back when when uh, a wrestler by the name of Dean Ambrose wrestled for WWE. Um, EC3, I guess, had, he had a match with EC3. And every time EC3 went to talk, Ambrose pulled the mic from him. And it was just like, everybody knows that if EC3 gets on a roll, like, he doesn't stop and he is incredible. And I'm sure they told, you know, that was a part of the script for Ambrose to do that. But it was just like, they're really just not letting him talk. It's even Rob Van Dam back in the day. They're really just not letting him talk. Cool, right? Cool, whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Bay retained his NXT championship on John Connie in uh, Willie Max rematch. NXT. NXT. <laughs> X division. Wow. That's, wow. That's, That's okay. That's okay. I got the X right, right? It's okay because now it's it's technically the finesse division. So you know it's finesse division. <laughs> so they- he's doing that springboard cutter. Or springboard stunner. Dude, he flew like three quarters across the ring backwards to hit Willie <laughs> Mack this time. That was that was some athleticism right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean not quite as good as when John Cena did it, but you know <laughs> <laughs> the two times that he attempted that. <laughs> but yeah, so those two put on another great match, and Willie Mack, you know, can even at his size, you know, he is a thick fella. He can wrestle that X style, and Bay Bay is a true flippy guy. He is all over the place. Now, they put on another really good match, and I guess that puts, you know, the uh, period at the end of the sentence as far as Willie Mack goes, and hopefully, you know, even maybe he disappears for a couple of weeks, but hopefully he's moving up the card, because I can, I can certainly see him um, at least contending for a title shot up the card. Yeah, especially, and we'll get to Eddie Edwards in, the, in, in a quick second because Eddie's going to be a fighting champion here. I'm sure Willie's going to get a shot. Um, John Licani, uh John Smith, I'm sorry. Uh, this is the second time you saw both Chris Bay and Willie Mack against each other. Yeah, I like this match just as much as I like the one at the pay-per-view. Um, I think Willie Mack should be moving up the card, like like John DeConi said. And I'd like to see him be the first feud for um, for Heath Slater. In some sort of way, I wish that I would like them to work that out. Um, 
Yeah, we'll get to Heath in a second too. Uh, we had one. We had, a, we had a knockout tag team match. Uh, this feud's been going on for a while. John the Connor, we talked about this. He's been going on a while. Um, this was the uh, the first time I think it's been a tag team match against each other. There's been singles matches. They were on opposite ends of that ten knockout tag team right before Slammiversary. It was every man for himself, every knockout for themselves in Slammiversary. But um, Havoc and Avila got the win over uh, Tasha Steeles and Kiara Hogan by disqualification. Um, I'm not sure that should have been a disqualification. And I don't know. Tasha Steeles is from New Jersey. How is she swinging a chair that badly? Like, she put your hips in just, like, dude. I, 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 yes. I don't know. She she did not learn a proper swing there in Brick City. But uh, uh, regardless, you know, uh, Havoc, I think there's a lot of people who could hit Havoc with a chair and her not move much. So, Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, a so. sturdy gal. So. Uh, Josh, do you want to add to that? Because that, that's really only the point. Um, We've got each Tasha Steeles how to throw a chair, especially if your last name is Steeles. Like, come on. Yeah, just get, get her an Ice Cube CD and uh, play her. You can do it. Put your back into it. <laughs> and maybe she'll she'll get the idea. Um, some quick hits, real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna steamroll right through these uh, just to keep everything rolling here. Um, John Smith, as you mentioned before, uh, Heath uh, kind of is an impact. Uh, he still couldn't get in the building. Tried to call Rhino. Rhino didn't answer because he was having a, his conversation about that arm wrestling match and the money with Hernandez. Um, the guy interviewed him. Uh, his name's just Heath now. You can't use his last name anymore. That was a fun quote. <laughs> um, Ken Shamrock uh, took full responsibility for their loss at Slammiversary, which shocked a couple people. Uh, Sammy, you know, he kind of saw that maybe come in the fist where Shamrock would fight back, but Shamrock agreed with him. So maybe we uh, were correct in saying that it was just a little bit scripted that he looked so lost in that match. Um, but Shamrock's taking responsibility for it. Good to see RVD back on TV again. So, you know, he got caught up with the whole cancer culture thing. Um, and Joey Ryan, who's not in the company anymore, so they kind of just put RVD on a back burner for the time being. Uh, Katie Forbes has something to do where she's revealing pictures tonight at Impact. Not exactly sure what that is yet. Um, like I said, Rhino and Hernandez had that quick fight. Rhino Gordon right at the bell. That was great to see. Uh, he won uh, the other half of that money that he won. That was uh, the stalemate in the arm wrestling match. Uh, they ran a quick uh, promo. Brian Myers, uh, artist formerly known as Kurt Hawkins. Uh, he's an impact now. He officially signed, and he was a part of that, uh, that WWE alumni picture um, from Impact. And then uh, tonight as well, we're also going to find out right here, the update, medical update on Rich Swan. Uh, Rich Swan uh, took a beating at the hands of Eric Young in the main event at Slammiversary. Uh, so we're going to get an update on him. Uh, John and Connie, real quick before we get into the matches tomorrow night. Wrestle House. <laughs> now, I guess it started with... It was supposed to be a one-on-one -on -one with Rosemary and and yeah, Rosemary. Then what Rose, happened? Rosemary and Bravo were uh, supposed to finally get their alone time, uh, but I guess uh, Bravo failed to mention that he was taking Rosemary back to what presumably is Taya's place, 
And she comes walking down the stairs. Hey, how's it going? And uh, then it turned into a party, and Rosemary started snapping her fingers and conjuring up two-thirds of the, the roster to show up and uh, have a blast. And it ends with a very 80s Miami Vice kind of graphic for Wrestle House coming next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you uh, if you were on uh, the Impact website today, you'll see they have a little 40-second uh, commercial for it because uh, as the, the bit ended last week, Josh, as always, was just simply confused, having no idea what Wrestle House is all about. But apparently it's, you know, what happens when 10 wrestlers, one wrestling manager, and two stuffed animals stop being polite and start getting real. I don't know how much they're going to absolutely rip off the, uh, the real world. But, uh, yeah, apparently it's going to be uh, 12 people in a house, and the hilarity ensues. I don't know. Uh, anything with Johnny Swinger and Crazy Steve in the same house, it, it's going to be gold. <laughs> yeah, just, those two alone are going to be gold. Everybody else you can think may be questionable. Crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger are going to steal the show on that one. All right, uh, going into tonight's picks, uh, the Good Brothers making their impact debut. Um, they're going to run against uh, John Smith. These are your boys here. I think you're going to finally see them in action. Reno Scum. Yeah. I like to call them Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> it looks like the guys that were before they got mutated in, in Ninja Turtles 2. Exactly. I mean, that was Toka and Razor. I, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not mixing up my guys, but like, yeah, it looks oh, like Rocksteady. But I'm going with the Good Brothers on that one. They yeah, can't they're not against the Good Brothers in their first match. Um, like I said, they were confronted. They came out, had a beer in the middle of the ring again. They were confronted by Ace Austin and a Madman Fulton. Uh, and then Reno Scum jumped him in the back on behalf of Ace Austin and a Madman Fulton to set up this match. John DeConte, who you got? Yeah, you got to go with the Good Brothers. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to debut and take a loss to not even the guys who they probably will feud first with in uh, Austin and Fulton. So, yeah. I just think Luster the Legend is such a great wrestling name. <laughs> such a great name. Yes, um, I spy a Jersey girl here, boys, and I spy a champion as well. Impact Knockouts champion. Deanna Perrazzo had a little bit of an altercation in the back with Kimberly. Well, not Kimberly, with Kylie Ray. Um, and I believe... Uh, Kimberly got involved as he was trying to hold Deanna Perrazzo back. Perrazzo pushed her, which, uh, you know, when you push somebody, it leads to a wrestling match. So, John DeConnie, who do you got? Yeah, well, it's non-title, so, uh, you know, I guess you could make an argument for Kimberly, but uh, Perrazzo's not too much of a role. They've they've uh, written in that they, she separated Jordan's shoulders, so we're not going to see her get a, a rematch anytime soon, doesn't look like. So, uh, I assume Perrazzo's going to roll over Kimberly on her way to Kylie Ray. John Smith. Yeah, he totally agreed. Champ wins. Yeah, he can't bet against Jersey on this one. Um, Eddie Edwards came out uh, the midway point of the show, uh, addressed the Impact Universe, so to speak. Is that what they're called? <laughs> Impact Universe. Sure. Impact. Um, <laughs> the Impact. He said the Impact Championship has been off TV for X about a month. He wants it on every week. He wants to defend it as much as possible. So here comes Trey backstage uh, 
to be the first one to challenge him. I guess Eric Young wanted to be the first. I don't know if Eddie Edwards said no. I guess maybe they're saving that for another date. Um, that I guess there wasn't an answer to Eric Young's challenge uh, when they got into the fight. But Trey's going to get the first crack here um, at Eddie Edwards in the Impact Championship. John Connie. Yes, sir. Eddie Edwards uh, going to uh, be a fighting champion and return stability and credibility to this title. And I don't see any reason why he doesn't. Uh, you know, it's not going to be a walkover. I think Trey's quite a talent. They'll probably put on a heck of a match. But uh, Eddie, I believe, will retain. I don't agree with that. John Smith? Yeah, everything he said. Um, I, I just don't I don't like the fact that he's going to be get taking on a new challenger every week. You know, it's the world title. I feel like you need to earn those shots. It shouldn't just be an open challenge. But, I mean, restoring credibility after it hasn't been on TV in months is definitely, you know, a good reason to do it. I just hope they don't do it for very long. All right, so uh, we're going to switch gears now. The main event of the show, we're going to light the fuse. We're going to bring the boom uh, dynamite. And I say that, and actually going back to Impact real quick, uh, right when I started using their lyrics for their music, they changed it. There's a whole new outlook, a new intro, new music. I can't even, this is my time to shine. I can't even do that anymore. So anyway, <laughs> but I still got light the fuse. I still got bring the boom. I still got dynamite. The inner circle is back, John Smith. Did you know Serpentico was Sammy Guevara? Uh, <laughs> that one kind of it didn't. It, I didn't. It didn't put. I didn't put two and two together. To be honest with you, I feel like in retrospect, well, how did I not know that that was Sammy Guevara? But I mean, I, I like the fact that he's back. It's just <laughs> um, I, I wasn't expecting it so soon. You know what the funny thing was? You know, they, they show the, the, the wrestlers in the AEW crowd. You know, they always do the camera shot. But, you know, you know who's watching. You know, you know Sheeta's watching. You know when, you know, Kip Sabian's watching, whatever. And that was the first time. Who the hell is that guy in the mask? And then it was Serpentic. I'm like, what? They keep on putting the camera on Serpentic. And then he jumps in. Like, oh, my God. Like, what the, the hell is going on? Sammy. <laughs> John DeConi. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh... – yeah, I, I never would have, if I had been watching Dark, because apparently Serpentico had uh, wrestled a couple of matches on Dark, I certainly wouldn't have put it together. But the minute he jumped in the ring, I went, oh, oh okay. I see where this is going. <laughs> and and, and uh, Excalibur tried to sell. Sir, Serpentico joined the inner circle. <laughs> <laughs> I, like so, I, I just sit there and watch. Something's not right here. You don't know when Sammy's suspension was going to be up. Um any quick comments on same suspension? Too long, too short, just a random amount? Anything real quick, yes or no? I mean, it was only, you know, it, what he said was pretty horrific. But yes. uh, it, it was only words. And, you know, so they took him off TV for a little while. I guess if they don't get any blowback, I'm okay with it. He shouldn't get blow. I mean, let's say. It was many, many years ago, too. It was. And he was a kid trying to sound, he was a kid trying to sound cool on a podcast. There was no malicious intent, and he apologized to Sasha Banks for it. So I think just like let this let this go. I think last week John Smith, though, you're right though. I think the sex gods has to go. Yeah, <laughs> after he retired. Um, but anyway, yeah. But uh, Sammy Guevara ended up helping uh, the, uh, Jericho and Hager get the win. He uh, hit Luchasaurus with Jericho's bat. Jericho turned it into a code breaker, 
and uh, you got the win. So the family's back together again. The inner circle's back together again. They're probably going to main event the show next week. We'll get into that match in a little bit. Um, but we mentioned Sammy last week. He showed up. We randomly mentioned Eddie Kingston last week on the show. Um, and then right before our eyes, Eddie Kingston was the uh, open challenger for Cody's TNT title. John Smith, you said you liked that. He said, well, look, I know it's a Cody match, but I think he watched this one. I think he liked this one. Well, I was intrigued because when the when the show first started, I didn't have to suffer through the Cody entrance. He was already in the ring. So then I figured, okay, let me see who the heck he's going up against. And then this dude comes out. I'd never heard of him. And he cut a hell of a promo. He did. He did. And so it, it made me actually want to see him beat the crap out of Cody. I knew he wasn't going to win. I just wanted to see him hurt Cody. And he did. So I, I got what I wanted out of watching that match. Those, uh, the spot with the thumbtacks, that was very Randy Orton-esque from Backlash all those years ago with Foley. You don't see too many people take tacks like that, John Nagani. That was tough. No. No. It's a long tax, too. They had to close up. That's exactly what I was going to say, because it, you know, uh, quite often when the the little satchel of tax comes out, (laughs) someone will take a spot into the tax, and you'll be like, oh, dear God. And when they get up, there's just a couple of them stuck to them. And sometimes you think it's, they're stuck by perspiration. Cody was a pincushion. Yeah, no. I mean, they were, they were everywhere. They were stuck in. And where 50% of them weren't there anymore, you could see little blood spots. That was as real, that was as, real as it gets in, in terms of taking a hardcore spot. Uh, Cody ended up – yeah. He worked on, you know, the funny thing was, Eddie Kingston had me because, you know, he kind of just randomly, like, his knee. And uh, I thought he actually did something to it. I'm thinking it was a work just with the way the, the match ended up. But Kingston, he, he sold it. He had me actually believing that his knee was was blown out during that match. Uh, Cody won with a figure four. Um, that's in his arsenal, if I do remember correctly. So, um to use that. That wasn't just like a random move from Cody. But I believe that is now title defense number six for Cody. And we will get into number seven a little later on because he's right back at it tomorrow night. Um, the Young Bucks defeated the Butcher and the Blade. And uh, John Smith, I, I laughed at you know, in the beginning of the match. Um, you know, the, the Blade and the Butcher were a little late to the match. Um, they were working. They were in the kitchen, uh, you know, cutting up some meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like the way that started. Yeah, that was. I mean, it was a fun match all around. I, I loved all the spots they did. I just, I didn't see that the, it ending the way it did, but I'm not, I'm not upset about it. It's just, you know, I, I don't know where they're, they're going from there. I mean, I guess it's just to show that the Bucks can. It are more than just, you know, flippy in the ring, guys. I guess that's what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah, they, they're flipping out of the ring, too. They were jumping off everything not nailed down. Like I said, they are jumping out of ambulances, jumping off entrance ramps. There was... So, yeah, I, I thought that was a fun match all around. You know, you, gotta, you, you win a brawl every now and then up here, the on Bucks, John McConney. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they spent a good amount of time on the concourse. They got to jump off of every uh, – Beer stand and hot dog cart, and uh, yeah, at one point uh, the 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 the, uh, the, the mat rig, you know, the truck out back with their own faces on it, and you know, 
and it ended up with those stereo drops from the uh, dual entryways, and wow, it was quite entertaining. Okay, yeah, I got it right. Yeah, so that was that was fun. Um, yeah, so they got uh, the the pinfall, Matt, uh, Matt. I was gonna say Matt and Jeff, uh, Matt and Nick. Nick did the Swanton off the off the engine ramp. Uh, Matt hit the elbow. Uh, simultaneous pin. Uh, Bucks should have won that. So we all picked the blade and the butcher. We just thought maybe you know you know give them a chance. They've been doing a lot of work lately. They've been doing a lot of good work lately too. Um, a couple uh, quick uh, gloss overs right now. Um, MJF. Uh, funny segment. It was he talked a lot, but uh, he got that heat seeker pile driver on Griff Garrison. I believe uh, it was his name, and I can't I can't remember any of the jokes MJF used. I think he called him an oversized Jungle Boy or Jungle Man or something. I don't know. Um, MJF served his purpose. Uh, I believe he's coming on tomorrow night with the the state of the industry address. So he's gonna be he's gonna be talking a little bit more tomorrow night as well. Um, and also, in case well, I'm gonna make sure I get this right, um, rule number four for being a role model: never count out a role model. So Britt Baker had reconstructive no surgery, but she once again vowed she's gonna be ready for all out. So uh, like I said, there's only a, ma- a due, uh, matter of time here, due time, before our beloved dentist is back in the ring. Um. Speaking of the women, now I'm excited about this, but I'm a little questioning. They announced a women's tag team cup tournament called the Deadly Draw. Uh, they said it's going to happen this summer. They didn't say when it was going to start. I can only assume it's going to be ending at all out the way it's lined up. Uh, they said 16 women, so it looks like you're going to be dividing them up into six teams. But if you look at the list of the roster for AEW right now, uh, we have 10 women that are active. You know, Sheeta Abaddon Alley, all the way down to Penelope Ford. Big Swole suspended, so we'll make sure, you know, she's not officially active, but she's 11. Britt Baker... She's not due back until All Out. Chris Stadlander is going to be out for a while. And then he got that list, that bottom eight, who I believe um, they haven't been on TV since the pandemic started. They are all from international countries as opposed to domestic countries, I guess. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. They are all from other countries. Uh, is what my point being, I believe they uh, they can't get stateside. So you have 10 with the possibility of 11, maybe 12 if you rush back Pip Baker. There's going to be some surprises in this. certainly think so, yeah. So uh, we don't have to get into this now, but I just want to put that on everybody's radar. Just get you know, a, a list in front of you, a visual of here. Like I said, the, the senior women's correspondent here, the athletic supporter <laughs> of women's wrestling. Yeah, you know, I was, I was just – I was just thinking as I watched Impact this week, you know, their women's division is so stacked. Why aren't they bringing back the women's tag team championships? And then AEW, who barely has a women's division, suddenly yeah. is announcing a women's tag tournament. So, it, yeah, and they, uh, well, Madison Reigns mentioned it too a couple of times. I don't know if that's what you said in the beginning. Madison Reigns has mentioned a couple of right. times that they should bring back the, the knockouts tag team titles. Yeah. Um, 
But in the women's division, okay, so we got our first look at Ivelisse and Diamante. Uh, John Smith will lead with you because uh, you didn't know either of them. So what was your first opinion um, on these two? Uh, I don't have much of an opinion on, on either one of them right now. I, I thought the match was good. I just, you know, I don't have much else to say other than that. I mean, I didn't, there were no botches. There wasn't any anything that intrigued me either. I mean, I, I think Diamante should have won based on the way the match went. But other than that, and she did win, but. Yeah, you know. she did win. She got the, the, the small package, I believe, a uh, small package for the win. John Connie, your thoughts on this match? Yeah, it, it was not a terrible, it wasn't a botch fest, but it was not a terribly crisp match. I, I think perhaps the point in making them face each other was so that uh, um, uh, it could be mentioned by the commentary team that they previously tagged. Uh, they previously were a team on the independence. So, you know, in all likelihood, they'll probably be a team going into this tournament. And they were in that, uh, if you looked at the, the, the promo for the, for the tournament, they were both in it. And like I said, they're, they're regular. I mean, you'll see right now, I think that even at least that was her debut. Um, Diamante due to the win is going to have a, uh, a shot at the champ here. The title's not on the line. Um, but as you can see, Diamante, you know, she's been around for a couple matches. I don't know if all the, some of those matches were on dark or maybe they were. It would have had to be. Yeah, I guess they had to have been. But, uh, you know, she's going to get – she's got Sheeta up now. Sheeta wants to, you know, defend against new people. Uh, mostly because everybody else is not around. <laughs> you know, that, that list of, of, of you know, top contenders, they're not, they're, not, they're not even stateside. So um, who do you got in this one? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess you got to go with Sheeta, you know. Yeah, so hopefully that you know, like I said, you're exactly right. I'll go back to the, the, the Evil East match. I didn't even put my two cents on it. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it wasn't yeah, it wasn't it wasn't and it wasn't like Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Like I know that that that's kind of an unfair balance right there, but you can see you can see the speed levels between the two, you know. And NXT is supposed to be developmental, right? Um. Maybe you put her now. You put now. You're gonna see her with the champ, the best that AEW has. Let's see if she can pick it up a notch. Sure. I think even Lisa, maybe she'll be able to pick it up a notch. And then maybe in the tournament, like I said, they're they're both from Puerto Rico, I think. Diamante and Ivelisse. Ivelisse definitely is. I think uh, when uh, Ivelisse waved the flag and said Puerto yeah. Rico, I I think Diamante may have said like Cuba, but you know, Diamante is still sporting the LAX shorts too. I don't know if you caught that. She still had him on. I think. So. Um, and then oh, it's just going. Eh. Speaking of uh, predictions, I'm, I'm gonna take a stab right now at the deadly draw. I just I have a funny feeling this has got Brandy Rhodes and Allie written all over it. But we'll discuss that, I guess, later. You have any early predictions on that? No. <laughs> no. Brandy Rhodes and Allie now. All right. I I could see. I could definitely see her booking herself to win. That's what her husband does. You know. Yeah. I, I'm John. I wanted to make sure I say that now, just so you can get that comment in, and then we'll yeah. <laughs> um, Taz and Brian Cage had a uh, promo. Taz explained the whole throwing the towel thing in. Um, again, he knew Brian Cage wasn't going to give up. You know, he wanted to save his career, fight another day. You'll never get Brian Cage in that position again. Yada yada yada. Here comes Darby Allen, but then here comes Ricky Starks and almost decapitates Darby Allen. Um, that was pretty horrific. Uh, and if I guess for those of you that missed it, they showed a quick clip. I guess on AEW Dark, uh, Ricky Starks uh, has now aligned himself with Taz, um, as well as Brian Cage. 
So I guess you know Taz is building his hurt business too. So I. <laughs> um, but that's gonna that's leads us to this match coming up. You got Brian Cage and Ricky Starks uh, going against Darby Allen and the AEW champion John Moxley, and I guess I missed that match too. It was like Mox and Allen have already teamed up together at one point, according to the stats from MinutesToBellTime.com, which are. 99.9% accurate. I haven't seen them been wrong yet, but you don't want to say anybody's perfect uh, unless they're Kurt Henning. So let's just go 99.99%. Um, who do you got in this one? Don DeConi. Uh, you know what? I, the way <laughs> – welcome back, Darby Allen. Here, take some of the most vicious bumps I've seen in, you know, in months. Almost getting your head taken off by the ropes. Uh, then getting a powerbomb on the stage. Yeah. Then getting powerbombed lost back into the ring. I could see a scenario where he takes the fall and allows, uh, you know, Cage to continue rolling momentum. So I guess I'll go with the... Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Maybe start getting some of the back end. John Smith? Yeah, I got I got Cage winning this match because of the basic same reason. Plus, I mean, I, he needs to he needs to do something to make us forget what's happened in the past couple of weeks between the towel getting thrown in and him just being Taz's puppet. So I think he needs to, to take charge and, and just destroy in this match. Um, I'm going to go with Moxley pinning Ricky Starks. I think Ricky Starks is going to get pinned. So I'm going to go with Moxley and Allen on that one. I think Starks will, why not? I'll go against you guys just for the sake of going against you. Screw it. I, 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 didn't, I didn't put too much deep thought into this, but you guys make valid points. So I'll go against it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page, and uh, five Alan Angels. Don DeConi, uh, you told us last week he was formerly known as Alan Angels. Um, put out a pretty decent match, pretty good. Alan Angels can he's he's smaller, but once he got going, he can go. You know, took him a quick second. Hangman was all over him. Um, Dark Order came out; they were pretty much out in full force. Everybody was there. It seemed like I didn't really see them missing anybody other than Anna Jay. Um, I don't know. She walked. Are they doing anything with that? Her name was in the graphic too for the tournament, but apparently, you know, she walked back with them anyway. I've seen her since. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Brody asked uh, Adam Page to join the Dark Order. He's like, "You're about to get beat up, and none of your friends are here. We'll keep you safe." And Page still said no, so he got beat up. Here comes FTR for the save. Clears the ring. And then here comes Kenny Omega after <laughs> Playing the part of Umberto Carrillo. <laughs> <laughs> but at least, all right, to give Kenny Omega credit, at least Kenny Omega showed up. Like, Carrillo completely just blew it off. <laughs> Better late but uh, Kenny Omega, I mean, apparently it's a long run from where the locker rooms are <laughs> in the Jaguars uh, stadium facility to where Daly's play, where the, to where the auditorium is. But your, your thoughts on... Uh, Just your thoughts on Kenny Omega coming up a day late and a dollar short on this one. (laughs) I think it's just, I think it's, it's consistent with what they're, what they're doing. Like with leading towards the breakup of the two of them. I I think you laid it out pretty well last week that Omega is going to end up being the heel between these two when they break up. So I think this just goes right along with that theory. I really like the way they did that. So I'm just I'm still laughing. Like Omega jumped in the ring when everything was like, okay, you good? Okay, okay. <laughs> he's looking around, like ready to fight. He's like, you're good. You're good. You're good. 
<laughs> and he continued to look lost as uh, you know the other three gentlemen shared a beer, cracked open a chair to beer, and he was just kind of hanging out in the middle there. Like, where's my carton of milk? So now uh, we're back to the we're back to the same question: whether it's whether it's Sasha Banks and Bailey, or if it's Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Um, the Dark Order, who have been the number one contenders for the tag titles for a long time now, uh, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, uh, they're finally back in full force. They're going to get their shots uh, at the tag titles. Both teams are undefeated. Uh, let's just assume that the Dark Order is going to get that win tonight on Dark. Is it? Is it? Is, are, we, are we doing this now? Or what are we doing? John, John Smith. Uh, I mean, I've thought that they were going to lose the titles the past two times, and I was wrong. Um, I I see them stretching it out further, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I got I got the I got the champs retaining. All right, John Nakani. Yeah, I'll go with the champs retaining and. Maybe you know uh, a mishap somewhere along the way, and we start to see the the break in the foundation again. Because it seems like every time we see a reason for them to start getting pissy with one another, the next week it's like ah that never happened, and they go back to being you know buddy buddy. So maybe we get a little momentum going now. You know, last week Omega wasn't there for him until uh, you know better late than never, but. Uh, maybe this week it continues, and we actually start to get rolling towards them breaking up. Yeah, I I don't want to say it's now or never, but if you if you're gonna set up for all out, and he, he, this is the team to do it against, you know they're the number one contenders. They're undefeated. They're in this huge cult where. You know, Brody Lee is is the leader, and everyone's working together. Like those tag, if they get into the dark order, those tag titles are going to be tough to get off the dark order. So um, I guess maybe that's the negative of them. They're winning this, but uh, I'm going to go. I'll, I'll go. Screw it. I'll I'll be that guy now. I I'm going to go. I'm going to go against Kenny Omega, and I'll, I'll go with the dark order on this one. You're going to do it. Do it now against those guys. Uh, two more quick matches booked for tonight. Um. Uh, like I said we were watching videos trying to figure out who Warhorse is. Um, I guess he's just an indie legend. Likes to talk in a third person. Uh, he's next up for the TNT Championship against Cody. Uh, title defense. Uh, this is num- this will be number seven for Cody, I believe. If I uh, if I just did my math right, because what's his name was just six. So uh, John Smith, I know who you got John DeConi. Uh Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cody retaining. Maybe we start. You know, two weeks ago. Uh, we started to hear though, oh, Cody's schedule might be catching up to him. He had a, you know, he had a little, little bump in that match. Maybe we start to see that a little, a little more. We start to see maybe that title change is coming, but I certainly don't think it's going to be this way. No, I don't. I don't see the Warhorse getting the job done here either. I, I'm, I'm waiting because they had another segment of Lance Archer just flipping out backstage. <laughs> um, like I, I called that so long ago. I really hope I'm bricks. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna replay that footage if I am. This is gonna go into Lance Archer and get his hands on him again. John Smith, who do you got? Uh, Cody wins. It's yep. obvious. I'm gonna watch the uh, the documentary Being Warhorse instead of yes. watching this match. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> there's a 10 minute documentary on Warhorse. Uh, 
I still have it on my page here. Every uh, E V E R I Pedia, Everipedia, Everipedia, Everipedia.org. You can see the ten minute documentary on on the Warhorse. Um, and then what was most likely to be the main event we talked about earlier. The Inner Circle is back in full force. Um, their one loss was in the stadium stampede against the Elite and Matt Hardy. They're going against a team that's calling themselves Best Friends and Friends, <laughs> uh, which is uh, you know Chucky Taylor and Trent with uh, Orange Cassidy and the Jurassic Express. Uh, the Jurassic Express, they were the one that took the bullets last week when uh, Sandy came back. Uh, who do you got in this one? John Smith, uh, sorry. John Smith, I, got the, I got the inner circle. Um now that they're back in full force, so I, I don't see why they wouldn't be winning this match by any means necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Owen one. They lost the stadium stampede. They need to start getting some power back. I'm going to go inner circle too. John Connie. Absolutely. As much as I was a little upset with Chris Jericho for breaking kayfabe in his backstage segment last week and telling the kids at home that Luchasaurus was not, in fact, a dinosaur, I think – I think the family's all together, and they get the uh, they get the W here. I do, I had explained to my son my son the other day why yeah that was that was horrible, absolutely horrible that Chris Jericho just did. Um, yeah, and that pretty much wraps up AEW, and that pretty much puts a bow on the show right now. Uh, yeah, went long again. I thought I had everything nice and organized. We still went over ninety <laughs> minutes. Um, let's pay some bills here real quick. Get the right graphics ready, I believe so. Let's see Tyler's beautiful face. Prime Dime Rundown. I believe we are on episode 29, if I saw the graphic earlier, uh, with Joey Zarzenka, Nick Partain, and the beautiful sheriff in the middle of the screen, Tyler Adele. Uh, this Friday at 8 p.m., uh, not 6 p.m. on the graphic. Um, we were going to get the graphic changed. It wasn't ready in time. And I just cannot put on a podcast without showing Tyler's face. Um, it really brings out the sex appeal of the primetime rundown. Uh, but baseball is back. The Stanley Cup playoffs are starting on Saturday. The NBA playoffs are starting soon. This is a great time to start watching the primetime rundown if you haven't already. Uh, these three, plus their guests, they really know what they're doing. They really know what they're talking about. Our friends over at BenthaBellTime.com, subscribe to the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Uh, this week's article was an interesting one about the roles and uses of lessons in today's professional wrestling, uh, such as Jake Roberts, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard in AEW, uh, MVP in WWE, and so forth. Really interesting read. Uh, get their opinions. Again, that is MinutesToBellTime.com, and they are responsible for all the graphics that you saw here tonight. All the stats are on them. Um, they are our uh, Elias Sports Bureau of Professional Wrestling. Uh, next Tuesday, we will be back. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel here on the Central Wrestling Podcast. Uh, 6 p.m. again with John Smith, John DeCani. Um, and then uh, we also want to tell you about our uh, SummerSlam special coming up on Saturday, August 22nd at 3 p.m., before NXT TakeOver 30, we're going to run down both shows, both SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver 30 in their entirety. Every match, we'll try to go into as much detail as possible, give you our 
expert analysis and our picks for those shows. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that. We're going to make it a special day for you and definitely will be done in time uh, for you to catch the pre-show of NXT 30. Uh, make sure you like us, follow us, and subscribe on the I-95 Sports YouTube channel. Go to MinisterBellTime.com to do all your research for wrestling. Then go to ProWrestlingPick'em.com to create your pay-per-view, uh, pay-per-view pick'em pool with your friends. Or you can play along with us here at the Essential Wrestling Podcast in the Essential Wrestling Podcast pool. Anything else, guys, before we get to the very end? We're not going to go over the SummerSlam and take over stuff I talked to you about. We're running at way over time today. Uh, we do have to, I do have to cry, though. Uh, do you guys have anything to say before we get going? Get it not out. No, I got nothing. I'll see you next week, buddy. All right, sounds good. Glad having you on, John Smith, John DeCani. Much appreciated. Now, nah, nothing to add because I know what you're getting to, and it's, it needs its time. So Kyrie Sane put out these tweets uh, last night during Raw, and you know, unfortunately the rumors are true uh, that her time in NXT and WWE is over. The locker rooms were incredible. Everyone was kind, funny, and talented, so every day was full of happiness. Also, I was saved by the supportive staff behind the scenes. I will forever love and respect all these professionals I had the pleasure of working with. I was able to accomplish so much in the last three years, but it wasn't because of my ability or my strength. It was because of all of the constant warm support from me and the rest of the wrestling fans. And me as an Al Carl. <laughs> uh, I am so thankful I could meet you all. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Kyrie Sane. So our pirate princess is going home. And good for her. Leaving on good terms. And I'm looking forward to the day, maybe about four years from now, five years from now. Three, two, yo ho, no, 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 no. She comes out, the pirate thing going. It's, it's we're gonna miss you, Kyrie. Uh, for John Smith, for John DeCani, my name is Al Carl, Alexa Bliss. We love you. We always will. God bless your sweet soul. <laughs> John DeCani? Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. Fare thee well, Pirate Princess. Fare thee well. Yeah.